Well, if you have your Bibles with you today, if you want to turn with me to Hebrews chapter 12, 1 to 4, you'll see those scriptures on the screen behind me as well. And I just want to talk about focusing on our faith, focusing on our faith. And uh, we just kind of had that promise right here in front of all of us that uh, that is something uh, that we desire to do to raise up our children in the fear and admonition of God. Children are welcomed here. And if they make noise, that's okay too. We welcome the children to be here. It's the greatest place to be. And uh, Jesus loves the children and reminds us in Scripture uh, to already make room for children. And uh, so we like doing that. So Hebrews 12, 1 to 4, it says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up. Let us run with adorance the race God has set before us. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. Because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross, disregarding its shame. And now he is seated in the place of honor beside God's throne. Think of all the hostility endured from sinful people. Then you won't become weary and give up. And after all, you have not yet given your lives in your struggle against sin. Father, we just thank you for your word this morning. And God, I just pray that as we think about our faith, our faith that is in you, I pray that, Lord, you would just stir up things in our hearts and in our lives, that, Lord, that all of us would just uh, make ourselves more aware of our own faith and keep striving in our own faith. And we just pray your blessing on your word here today in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, this morning I want to share with you about focusing on our faith, keeping our faith as the center of our attention and our activity, keeping our faith and our focus on Jesus. You know, I can't tell you how often I keep hearing the Lord say to me, you need to focus on me. You need to focus on me. And there's lots of things, even as Christians, that we can be focusing on, but the most important part to be focusing on in our faith is to focus on Jesus. See, our faith in Jesus is something that we should treasure and keep working on our whole lives. Our faith should not be something that we pick up, put down, pick up again, put down again, but something that should be part of our lives every day. And everything we do, our faith in Christ needs to be kept in the forefront so that more than anything that people would see Jesus in us. The Bible talks about letting your light shine so that others can see that you are a Christian, so others can see that you know, this is the way that one should walk in life. And so our lights are to shine, and we're, we're to do that. And our faith in Jesus needs to be a, a, a shining light in our lives that it might draw other people to Jesus. Now, some obvious ways that we can keep our faith and keep it alive is obviously that we focus on that faith. We keep that relationship with Jesus and keep that relationship active. And it's, you know, time to spend with God is really crucial. If you're going to keep the faith, you have to spend time with God. Take time to read the Bible. Take time to spend time in prayer. And another basic would be simply what you're doing here today by going to a church. And notice that the Bible says the church is the bride of Christ. 
So obviously there needs to be a relationship there as you think uh, of, of that imagery of Jesus as the groom and the church as the bride. And Jesus is coming for the bride that is ready. And so that's important for us as well. And uh, again, church is an important thing. And statistics kind of bear that out as well. It says that, you know, it proves that those who pray, read the Bible, are part of a church, have a much greater percentage of having faith their whole lives than those who do not. You know, our faith is important. It's important that we walk and work on our faith and keep that faith. The Bible says, work out your faith with fear and with trembling. In other words, you need to take that, your faith, seriously. You know, because there really is, there is a hell to avoid and a heaven to gain. And sometimes, you know, we, in our Christendom, we kind of forget about that. There, there is a hell and there is a heaven. And there, you know, to get to heaven, you need to know Jesus Christ. You need to have a relationship with him. And throughout scripture, we are encouraged over and over again to guard our faith and to make sure we stay in our faith and make sure that it's real. And as we come to the book of Hebrews, you're getting closer to the uh, end of the Bible. And again, we're encouraged uh, to focus on our faith in Christ. And that's what I want to encourage you in today is to, to keep that focus on Christ. And here in Hebrews chapter 12 and those few verses that we read, they really serve very well in addressing that need of how to focus on Christ, you know, how to build up your faith. And so that's what we're going to focus on, just these four verses uh, that talk about how we can focus on our faith and Christ. Uh, and the first area that is mentioned that's going to help us to focus more on our faith is to, the Bible says, strip off every weight. So anything that weighs us down or slows our progress or brings heaviness in our lives or hinders us from growing in the faith, the Bible says, get rid of it. Strip it off, take it off, throw it away. We need to do that. We need to take, again, your faith seriously. And this is, of course, talking about priorities in our lives. So we need to be careful of allowing things in our lives to overshadow our relationship with Christ. Hebrews 12, verse 1 says, Since you're surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses, especially to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up. You know, the, you'll, you'll find in the New Testament that obviously there were sports kind of people uh, there. They obviously went to the games, and uh, back in those days they were called the Isthmian Games, and that later became something that we call the Olympics today. But uh, So obviously they knew about those games, and they, they use a, a lot of analogy of what you would do in that sporting arena and your Christian faith. They, they apply the two things. And so some of the things that you would need to do would be to strip off or get rid of uh, anything that would hinder you from doing your very best in whatever you were competing in. And, and so this is what the Bible's telling us. You need to strip off anything in your life that, that's hindering you from doing your best for God. Now, when we think of that, you know, we can very quickly think about sin. You know, it's kind of an obvious one. Now, get rid of the sin uh, that's in your life, and, uh, you know, you're, you're going to be a better athlete for God. But not everything that hinders us is necessarily sinful. And, and that's where we need to be sensitive to God's leading and have our wits about us to see things that may be hindering us in our walk of faith that maybe aren't sinful, but they're still hindering us. 
You know, it's rather obvious that, you know, any sin harms and hinders our walk with faith. And sinful things are those things that the Bible calls sin. Now, as Christians, we really need to be focusing on what the Bible says is sin versus our opinion of sin. And, and you will note today that everyone has a difference of opinion when it comes to what is sin and what is not sin. Even as Christians, sometimes we can uh, differ in opinions of what is sin and what is not sin. And, and what I like to tell people, when you're in doubt, look to the Word of God, see what the Word of God says. That's what sin is. The Bible will define sin for you. And, and when we realize something is sinful, then that's something that, you know what, it's going to impede our, our progress as an athlete for Christ, that strip it off, take it off, get rid of it. Now, if we continue in our sin, then it, uh, what happens, or if we excuse our sin, it'll harm our growth. It'll, it'll hard, harden our, our, our performance with God. And, and so sin is a great place to start with when we look at what does hinder us. Well, sin's a great place. Start there, uh, look at what it is doing in your life, and, and come to God and say, God, help me. I need to get rid of this. I need to get this out of my life. I need to get it behind me so that I can be the greatest athlete for Christ that you would ever could be. But the other year that can weigh us down or hinders us, um, sometimes what theologians call it, they call them gray areas. Uh, you know, the Bible isn't really clear that, you know, is this good, is this bad for you? And, and we need to realize that sometimes there are things in our lives, they're not necessarily bad, uh, they're not necessarily wrong, they're not necessarily sinful, yet they can contribute and hinder us in our walk of faith. And you know, a, a real simple one is busyness. Uh, sometimes we just busy ourselves in so many areas of life that we kind of leave God out. You know, God's kind of like, if I have time, I will serve God. If I have time, you know, I will honor the Lord. And, and sometimes our busyness can be an issue in numbers of areas that can really hinder our walk with God. And so the Bible, he, it warns us that, you know, sometimes these cares of life and the things of life, if we're not careful, they can squeeze out God. And, you know, Jesus, he gave this parable about the sower. And in this parable of the sower, Jesus kind of refers to areas in people's lives where they kind of have a God encounter, but how that many of them sometimes walk away from that encounter with God. Uh, Matthew 13, 22 says this. It says, The seed that fell among the thorns represents those who hear God's words. They accept it. But all too quickly, the message is crowded out by the worries of this life and the lure of wealth so that no fruit is produced. You know, sometimes the lure of the world attracts us so much and we get so involved in all the things of the world that God kind of gets a second place or a third place or a fourth place in our lives. And that's something we need to be careful because we can crowd out God. God needs to be first in our lives. Uh, we need to be keeping that focus on Jesus, focus on our faith. Uh, after all, it is the commission that God has given to all of us to go out into all the world, proclaim that gospel, tell others about the gospel of Jesus Christ. Bring them to that people, that place where they realize that, that God wants to be a part of their life. And, you know, that's part of our calling as Christians. And with, you know, so many things happening in our world today, 
And, you know, these last day events that we're seeing being fulfilled that are right there in the Bible, there should be even a greater urgency on our part to be responding that, yes, it's time to be focusing on my faith. I really need to press into God at this time. And so if you're going to prosper in your faith, if you're going to really focus on your faith, then you need to take those steps to strip off every weight, which is anything, good or bad, that may be contributing or hindering us to give our all for Jesus. And so that's something that each of us need to deal with ourselves. That's something, you know, personally that you need to deal with, to look at your life. Are there weights in your life that you need to get rid of, that you need to cast aside so that you can serve God better? Now, a second area that will help us focus more on our faith in Christ is to run the race. See, the Bible talks about the, the Christian life is to be like a race. Uh, again, you know, we're kind of referring to a sporting event that's taking place. And that we're to be active and we're to be pursuing our faith and really doing our best. It's not doing a little walk. It's not doing a little waltz. It's running. Uh, and so that's talking about a lot of activity that should be there uh, in the Christian faith and, and as we serve the Lord Jesus Christ. And so it involves a lot of training, a lot of action, movement, endurance. Uh, verse 1 again it's of Hebrews says, uh, 12 says, Therefore, since we're surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up, and then the part that we're looking at right now, and let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. See, the Bible refers to our journey of faith as a race. It's a long race. It's not a sprint. You know, it's not a 100-yard dash. It's going to require the endurance of training, that ability to last, that ability and resolve to endure pain and fatigue and stress. And if you've ever been involved in a, a long run, then uh, your body can really speak back to you uh, as you're doing that run. And if you're out of shape, man, that your body really speaks to you very, very quickly. And, and so you need to keep moving in your faith. You need to keep exercising uh, in your faith. You need to build up that endurance that you can stand the test of time, that you can be ready to serve the Lord with your all. And, you know, you don't stop and, you know, I think I need to rest a little bit here and then I'll start again. Or you don't stop and say, I think I'll just walk now because uh, I don't feel like running anyway. No, you say you run with endurance. You know, you make sure you can finish that race. You work through the cramps, you work through the aches and the pain, and you just keep running. You keep moving no matter what. And the same thing with our faith. You know, you got to keep moving. You got to keep training. You got to keep praying. You got to keep spending time with God. You got to spend time in the Word of God. You got to, you know, be involved in the Lord's work and make it a priority in your lives. And, you know, when conflicts come up uh, and it's interfering with your faith, like an athlete, you got to choose, no, this is my race. This is what I'm training for. So if I have to give up this thing to serve God, then out it goes, because I will serve the Lord. Proclamation uh, that we make as parents. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And, and Megan and Jacob did that today. As for me and my house, we're making the declaration, we will serve the Lord. Now the Apostle Paul, he gives us an excellent description of how we should run this race of faith in the book of 1 Corinthians. 
I love this portion. 1 Corinthians 9, 24, 27, it says this. Don't you realize that in a race, everyone runs? Important to notice that. But only one person gets the prize. So run to win. All athletes are disciplined in their training. They do it to win a prize that will fade away. But we do it for an eternal prize. So I run with purpose in every step. I'm not shadow boxing. I'm disciplining my body like an athlete, training it to do what it should. Otherwise, I fear that after preaching to others, I myself might be disqualified. See, this Christian race of faith is not a casual race, but it's a race that we really need to work at. And it says run to win. Run to win. Run as if you were the only person that was going to be rewarded and get into heaven. That's how seriously you really need to take your, your walk with God. You need to run as if you're the only one that's going to make it to heaven. You've got to beat everybody else. That, that's how it, it's talking here. And, you know, in, in a race, you know, people can drop out for one reason or another. Um, and sometimes that happens in their faith. Sometimes people drop out in their race of faith. And, and the Apostle Paul, he recognizes that and he warns us of that danger to realize, you know, just in a real race, an earthly race, competition, you can be disqualified if, if you stop and walk off the track. And so he's saying, this is serious, because in the spiritual sense, you can disqualify yourself as you walk away from God. That's not a good thing. So don't take your faith for granted. Keep working at it. Keep moving. Keep running. Keep training. Keep working and strive to finish that race to receive the prize of heaven and eternal life. You know, our, faith, our focus on faith needs to be the same as any athlete in a race. You need to keep your eye on the goal. You need to prioritize the faith. You need to take it serious, train at it, you know, get disciplined in their lives, and not allow anything to hinder us from going forward with God. Remember, this is a race with eternal consequences. It's more than just getting you know, a, a, a gold medal. It's far more than that. It's entering into the kingdom of God and spending an eternity with God. And the Bible says it takes discipline. It takes some backbone, some resolve, some determination. Following our faith and living our faith, it's a big deal. So the Bible says run to win. Run to win. Make a determined effort to finish the race well that you might hear those words, well done, thou good and faithful servant. And then thirdly, in keeping the focus on our faith, we need to keep our eyes on Jesus. And this here is really the most important one, you know, because there's a lot of distractions, a lot of temptations along our journey of faith. And, and there's a lot of things that are going to try to sideline you from that walk of faith. So the Bible tells us, Hebrews chapter 12, 2 here, it says, we do this, how do we keep that faith? By keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. Because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross, disregarding a chain, and he's now seated at the place of honor beside God's throne. So to keep our faith and focus, you need to keep your eyes on Jesus. That's so very, very important. Most times as Christians, when we fall away or if we stumble uh, or make mistakes, it's usually because our eyes get off Jesus. You know, we start getting it on people. We start getting it on churches. We start getting it on uh, maybe ministers or whatever and what's happening in our world. And the Bible reminds you, listen, you need to keep your eyes on me. That's where your focus needs to be. It needs to be upon Jesus. 
Now, right now we're in the playoffs of uh, hockey and basketball. And uh, very disappointing that the Oilers aren't there. But anyway, throughout that journey and playoffs, you know, if you were watching that, you saw distractions, you saw dirty plays, you saw verbal confrontations that led to penalties or fouls in basketball and gave the opposite team the opportunity to score a goal or to score a basket with the result the other team won. And, you know, as I was watching, uh, not all of those, but as I watched a number of those uh, playoff games, uh, I, I saw players lose their focus as they allowed their tempers or frustrations to get the better of them and they lost uh, the game. Uh, I remember watching uh, one of the final four, the college basketball. And uh, as this team was playing, the, the first line that is out there, that is always your best players. And they're out there playing and uh, they got so frustrated, they started doing stupid things. And, and they got flagrant fouls and they got kicked out of the game. And as I was watching this, I couldn't believe it. Like, okay, this guy got kicked out, this guy got kicked out, this guy got kicked out. I said, they're losing all their whole front line. They're, they're getting so frustrated. I've never seen a game in basketball where they actually all got kicked out. And the whole first five players all got kicked out. The last guy got called for a fourth foul. They took him off, and when he went off the bench, he took a chair, and he kicked that chair, and they instantly called another foul, five fouls, you're out of the game. Obviously, they lost the game. They lost the game because they allowed their tempers, their frustrations to, to you know, get the better of them. They got their eyes off the goal, which was to win the game. And that happens with us as Christians. At times, we get our eyes off Jesus. We kind of forget that the game is to enter eternity with Christ and spend an eternity with him. And so as we play this uh, field of faith, I want to tell you, there will be temptations. There will be offenses. There will be hurts. There will be unfair and dirty plays, even in Christianity. And if you allow it to get the better of you, can cause you to lose your focus, get tangled up in a mess, can even cause you to lose your faith if you allow it to. So in your Christian faith, you always need to keep your focus on Jesus, on the prize. There is no other Savior. There is no other way to heaven but through Jesus Christ. The Bible tells that through and through. John 14, 6 says, Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father. No one can come to the Father in heaven except through who? Through him, through Jesus. Acts 4, 12 says, there is salvation in no one else. God has given no other name under heaven by which we must be saved. So our focus needs to be upon Jesus. And as a church, you know, we've been really uh, trying to do that, especially over these last years after, you know, after COVID and all these controversies and politics and end time things and our opinions and, you know, another elections and probably another election to come. God's reminding us that, you know, your focus needs to be on me. You need to keep your eyes on me. Don't get sidetracked by all the events around you and in your world. Hold the line. Focus on Jesus. And, you know, these last few years, we've had lots of different opinions out there. I have them, too. I know that mine are right. But I know God keeps telling me, listen, that's not where you're to go. Your focus needs to be upon me. That's where you need to go. That's where you need to focus. Not all about all these other things that are happening. And even if, you know, things are happening that kind of you know, stir you up, keep the focus on Jesus. Because this is a very important time, I believe, that we're living in. 
And Jesus is trying to tell us, look, you got to keep that focus on me. The things that I'm wanting to do are going to be through people that are going to have their eyes upon me. And so we're trying to do that as a church here, as a pastor here, in this place, personally, corporately. And we recognize that, you know what? Jesus is the author. He's the finisher. He's the perfecter. He's the champion of our faith. So it only makes sense. Keep the focus. Keep the focus on him. And if we want to prosper in our faith, our, faith, our focus needs to be on Jesus. Pretty simple, but pretty profound at the same time. Keep your eyes on Jesus. We're living in a season and a time that, you know what, you can get very confused if you're not careful. You need to keep your eyes on Jesus. Then lastly, in this focusing on our faith, we need to strive to not give up. Don't quit. Now, the tendency in all of us can be that, you know, you go through some hardship, you want to quit, you know, because, you know, your body's aching and uh, your heart's aching and, and there's things that have happened to you that, you know, that shouldn't have happened to you and you know, sometimes we can focus on all those things and we get mad at everybody else. And God's saying, you're not to go there. Again, your focus needs to be upon Jesus and on the place, don't give up. See, quitting is not an option with God. You don't, you don't start and quit with God. No, you keep serving him. You need to get that focus back. Uh, Hebrews 12, 3 to 4, again, kind of tells you, you know, keep that focus on Jesus says, think of all the hostility he endured from sinful people. Then you won't become weary and give up. After all, you've not given up your lives and your struggle against sin. See, living the life of faith isn't always easy. Sometimes frustrations come in. Sometimes weariness gets the better of us. Sometimes there's hurts, offenses that take place in our lives. And sometimes that weight and that cost sometimes convinces us that, you know, it's just too much. It's too much. Maybe the hardship or the persecution just becomes too great and you want to quit and give up on your faith. Well, the Apostle Paul kind of reminds us of a few things here to kind of help us with that, you know, getting a new picture in our minds of why you shouldn't quit. Well, first of all, you go back to that verse 1 where it speaks of a great cloud of witnesses that are watching us and cheering us on. See, there's a heavenly host that you cannot see that is cheering you on. I think that's pretty cool. If we could, you know, open up the heavens and God allow us to see what we would see in this place, you'd probably see angels in this place. They're there to minister to you. They're there to encourage you. Uh, they're in the stands, you know, yeah, you can do it. Yeah, you can make it. You're going you're gonna to get through this. And, and they're cheering you on. I also believe there's a lot of people in the heaven, uh, loved ones that are in heaven, you, don't, don't you think that they're cheering you on today? Don't you think they're saying, oh, man, I want my son to serve the Lord. I want my grandson. Oh, this here is my great, 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 great grandson. I got dedicated today. And uh, we're excited about that. And, and, you know, they're cheering you on. There's even people in your church, you know, that they're cheering you on. They want to see what's best for you. There, there's crowds of people that want, you know, to encourage you, lift you up, that are really behind you. And that, those are the people you need to focus on. Don't be focusing on, you know, what the dissenters are saying and those that are discouraging the complainers and, you know, all these people that bring in all these kinds of different things. Focus on the people that are there to encourage you. Those are the people you need to keep the focus on. And that's going to help you that I'm not going to quit because I know I, gotta, I got lots of people behind me and they're rooting for me 
and they're excited about me. You know, you ever play any sports as a little kid and, and your parents come to the game and you feel kind of special. You don't care if there's anybody else there. You just care that your parents were there. And you're pretty excited that they were there. Well, you have a heavenly host. They're watching you. You've you got loved ones that have gone on before you into heaven watching you. I think those are beautiful things. You have people uh, in a local church that, you know, they care about you. They, they want to see you succeed and go forward in life. Then the other area to think about when we're tempted to give up is the Lord himself. And uh, as you read the scriptures, you realize that he endured a whole lot. Um, think of the lies that they spoke of Jesus. Think how people stabbed him uh, in the back with their words. Think of the abandonment that happened to him. Think of the beatings, the cursing, the ridicule, the torture, uh, the cross itself, even death uh, for us, that we might have life. All the things that he endured for us. And so we start thinking, oh, you know, we kind of get on that little train there of the complaining and, oh, poor me. Start thinking about your Savior, Jesus. What did he endure for you? And when you start thinking of what Jesus endured for you, it sure helps you, you know, get a better perspective. That You know what? I think I can handle this. This isn't anything like what Jesus experienced for me. And, and so that kind of helps us. And then another area here is that we... Uh, Kind of need sometimes a reality check about the cost, the true cost uh, in your life. You know, sometimes, you know, we can complain and whine so easily about all the trials and the hardships that we're facing. And, you know, when we look at Christianity in North America, I I'm sorry, you know, a lot of the persecution here is nothing like it is in other parts of the world. And, and there's numbers of people here from other parts of the world uh, where if you stand up as a Christian, you'll be shot, you'll be killed. And so when you think of what you're bearing here, and that's nothing compared to some of the other places in the world that you could be. And so sometimes you need to look at that as well. You know what? It's not costing your life. I know, you know, God's saying, I know that this has been difficult for you. I know this has been hard for you. But you're still alive. You're still alive. You're not dead yet. You're still alive. And I'm going to work to you. I'm going to help you through this time. So don't give up on your faith for anyone or anything. Your faith is in the right person of Jesus Christ. Not in a church, not in a denomination, but your faith needs to be in that person of Jesus Christ. That's what's important. That's where we need to go. You know, we also need to think that, you know, there are also rewards for not giving up. You know, there's no prize for quitting. Notice that. There's no prize. You don't get a prize even in sport world today, there's no prize for failing. You know, you get nothing. You have to be at that finish line. You have to win the goal uh, to get that prize. And so if you're going to continue in your faith, realize there will be rewards. There will be blessings that will be released. And, you know, sometimes those blessings come while we're here on earth. And sometimes those blessings will come in eternity. And, and I know for some of us, like, well, I kind of want them now. Well, you might say that because our view of life isn't very long here on earth. But when you're in eternity and, you know, you're, you're passing the year 3,000 and you're still in eternity, you're going to kind of look, oh, man, I'm glad that I saved up some uh, blessings for eternity because uh, it's a long time, eternity. Galatians 6.9 says, don't get tired of doing what is good. At just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. Don't give up. Your blessing, your breakthrough, 
I believe, is at the door. You don't want to miss it by giving up. You will receive the promise, and above all, you're going to receive the promise of eternal life in heaven with Jesus. So keep pressing on. Don't let quitting be an option. You need to keep that, again, that focus on Jesus. So in closing this morning, you know, our faith journey is something that is important. It's far more important than what we realize. Keeping your faith or priority in your life and focusing your life on Christ. And, and as we do that, you know, you need to watch out for the weights, things that can distract us, you know, that can uh, cause us to lose our focus. It doesn't have to be sinful things. And for most Christian people, it's not sinful things. It's just life sometimes that we kind of indulge ourselves in too much. Keep running the race. Keep serving God. Keep working. Build up your stamina. Run to win. Run to win. Be that Christian athlete that's going to give their very, very best for God. Keep the focus on Jesus. So very, very important. We've got to get our eyes on him. You know, it, it's interesting as you keep your eyes on Jesus, you know, there may be things that you, you'll determine that, you know, well, this is right, or, or this, I should be doing this, whatever, and you think that you got it all together, and Jesus might just speak to you and say, no, uh, I want you to do this. What do you mean you want me to do that? It's about what was talked earlier when our worship team was leading here and talked about listening to the Holy Spirit, that listen what he has to say to you, because sometimes we think we know what we're supposed to be doing, and then the Holy Spirit speaks to us and says, no, 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 I want you to do this. Well, why, God? Because that's what I called you to do. That's what I called you to do. So determine, don't give up. There's eternity that we're talking about. So keep pressing in. Keep pressing. Get to know Jesus better and better. And you know what? He is speaking today, I find, like never before. Uh, I'm meeting people more and more that are encountering Jesus in unusual places that he is meeting with people and touching people because God wants everybody in heaven. He just doesn't want some. He wants everybody. And so he's speaking to everybody. He's calling out to everybody, drawing them. And, you know, sometimes you just feel that drawing inside of you, and sometimes you can't really explain it or understand it, but you just feel a pulling inside of you. That's God. That's what he does. He'll pull on us, draw us, that we might realize, yes, I want you to come into a relationship with me. And if you're here today and if you don't have that relationship with God, it can be pretty easy to start that relationship. You just basically say, God, I, I just welcome you into my life. Jesus, I, I know that you're our Savior of the world, that God sent into the world, that whosoever would believe in him wouldn't perish but have eternal life. So Jesus, I welcome you into my life today. I, I welcome you to come in and, and take away my sin and all these things that I'm struggling with, I invite you into my life. And he'll come into our lives. The Bible says he will. He says he'll come into your life and be like a friend. You have a conversation with your friend. He's not going to come in and condemn you and say, oh, you're so terrible, you're so bad, uh, and, and talk about all the bad things you have. No. He's going to talk to you as a friend. Say, let's work on this. Let's work on this. I want to help you in this, in this walk of faith. And so that's... Something simple, you can, you can just invite him in. Come on, Jesus. I invite you to come into my life. Come and talk to me. Come speak into my life. I need to hear from you, God. I, I need to hear more from you than from a church or from some pastor. I, I need to hear from you. And as you welcome into your life, he will come in. And he will help you. He will speak into your life. Or maybe you're here this morning and maybe you walked away from God. Maybe you stopped running. 
you were in the race and you kind of got that place or one thing or another that happened in your life, things that shouldn't have happened, but they did, and you stopped running the race. Kind of count it yourself out. Maybe it's time to get back into the race. That's the one thing with God's race, you can get back in. You can get back in. You don't get thrown out. You get back in. And he invites you, come on back in. Let's start running again. And I don't know if you watch some of those sporting things. There's lots of them on YouTube where you see people that were in a race and they fell. And everyone passes them by. But they get up again. And they start to run. And, and they just seem to have a, this boost of energy that comes upon them. And they catch up to everybody and win the prize. You know, God wants to restore people as well. And so and if you fail, you stumble, God wants to touch you again, raise you up, and get you running again, where you can run like some of those athletes that pass everybody else, and they cross the finish line, running bold.